So this is what happened. A couple, like two, two or three weeks ago, three weeks ago now, the sermon title was Holy, Holy, Holy. And we talked about holiness, right? We talked about holiness and we talked about what did holy mean? And we said it meant to be set apart for God's use, like to be set apart. We, we learned about that we serve a holy God and in the presence of holiness, what are the results of being in the presence of holiness? And so us, right, sometimes we think that we got it all together. Sometimes that we think that we're all good to go. And then all of a sudden we come before a holy God and we realize how truly messed up we are. Like, wow, how truly damaged, how truly stained I am when I compare myself to a holy God. And then I went home and I realized, I was like, well, you know, we talked, that was, you know, I was like, oh, that was pretty good. You know, thank you, Jesus. Uh, thank you, God, about, you know, holiness. We need to know about that, even though I didn't really want to preach about that. But then my wife was like, but you have to, because they need to know, right? And then I was like, all right, babe, let's do it. And then I was like, but we never, I mean, the question is, how do you get holy, though? I mean, can you get holy? I mean, I know people are confused because we're sinful people, right? And so I was, all right, let's go and let's talk about sanctification. And so last week we talked about sanctification, and sanctification is the process that one becomes holy. And in that, in that message, we realized that, guess what? Very little of it has to do with you in the first place. Most of it, the primarily, all, mostly, mostly all of it, is God himself. He sanctifies you. He makes you holy. But you have a role to play. You have a small role to play, and your role is divided into an active role and a passive role, and your passive role is to sit back and say, you know what? I can't do it on my own. I can't change me. I know you can, so I'm just going to let you do it. I can't, I can't make myself any better. How many people try to make themselves better and fail miserably? I have. I have failed miserably. I try to make myself better like me. You know what? Today, I'm going to be a new man on my own strength, and I fail, and I fail. And so the passive role that we play in sanctification is the fact that we just say, God, you are the one that can truly change me. I say truly change because we can all play a front. We can all put up a front around the right people at the right times in the right circumstances. We can all be who you want to be at that moment. But when I say truly change, God does that. Then the active role is to understand that, okay, God, you're the only one that can do it, but you know what? There's some rubbish in my life. We talked about the, the junk. We talked about the stuff that, 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 that they told to the, the, the Levites and the priests to remove from the temple. Get it all out. We need to sanctify the house. And so the sanctification process is going, to end, is going to start working in us. There are things that we need to take out. There are things that we need to remove. There are, there are uh, habits. There are, there are feelings, thoughts, people that you need to start cutting from your life. Yo, that sounds messed up, right? That sounds, man. But we're supposed to love everybody. We're supposed to love everybody. I'm not saying not to love them. I'm just saying that there are some things you need to release yourself from. You understand? Because, you see, I'm not telling you to hate them. I'm not telling you to, to you know, to treat them like an enemy. I'm, not I'm just saying that it's time for you need to take a step away and say, you know what, God, work in me because this wasn't helping my walk with God. Okay? And so that's what I'm talking about. 
holiness, sanctification. I was like, man, you're on a roll, God. <laughs> and then Lenny last week was like, all right, next Sunday, justification. I'm like, man, Lenny's giving me homework now. <laughs> Think that, well, we taking requests, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I went home and I was praying about it. I was thinking about it. I said, you know what, though? The church needs to know what that means. I mean, because really, before we can, we can enter a sanctification process, before we can become holy, you really need to understand justification in the first place. You really need to understand that because if not, nothing else is really going to make sense. Nothing else is going to make sense. So today's sermon title is Not Guilty. We are all guilty. Who's not guilty already? Let me see. All right, all right. We're honest. We're honest. Who's guilty of something? Right? We are guilty of something. Um, we're all guilty, guilty of falling short, <laughs> guilty of sin, guilty. Um, yet, through justification, the verdict in your life can be, can be not guilty. Can be. And we'll talk about that. When we use the word justification in everyday conversation, what we think about is a man or a woman that's trying to make excuses for their behavior. I'm trying to justify what I did. I'm trying to justify my actions. And so they make excuses for their behavior or misbehavior. However, that's not the case. That's not the case in the Bible. In the Bible, it becomes a legal term in the courtroom. In the Bible, justification becomes a legal word in the courtroom. So let's take a quick look at Acts chapter 13, verses 38 to 39. And while you guys are turning there, I have to give a shout out to, okay, um, Luz. Luz. I know she hates this. She hates it. She hates it. But Luz, everybody give it up for Luz. Luz, uh, uh, Stephanie, Chanel, they made sure that we all ate. They made sure we had everything. They really just, just went all out. Luz goes above and beyond. And, you know, we are so appreciative. Thank you so much, guys, for all your work. Thank you, Luz, for everything. We really appreciate you. We would not have eaten as good as we did if you didn't handle that. Amen? Praise God. Listen, if Luz is going to be there, y'all know we're going to eat good. All right. Um, Acts chapter 13, 38 to 39 says this. Therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. And by him, everyone who believes is justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. I want you guys to take note on the fact that it says that it's through believing. It is through believing that we receive forgiveness of sins. It is through believing that we are justified of our sins. <clears throat> Yet justification is more than just a forgiveness of sins. And this is what I want, I want to explain. Justification isn't just forgiveness of your sins, right? It, it's to be cleared of all blame, 
is to be cleared of all wrongdoing and free on every charge. Okay, listen to this. An earthly court judge, right? An earthly court judge um, cannot both forgive man and justify man. And I'm going to explain to you why. Because as a man in a courtroom, when he forgives you, he's forgiving you because there is something wrong that you have done. And that wrongness exists, but yet he's forgiving you for that wrongness. Next, however, if the judge says that he justifies you and you're justified by the judge, then really there was never a harm done so that you could receive forgiveness for. You guys following me, right? All right, take, this, 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 is like home, this is like notes, note time. And so what happens is this. On the other hand, God, what he does is he undertakes both forgiving the sin. So what he does is he forgives you for it, but then he justifies you. And what he does is he takes your life and he completely removes, deletes, erases all the sin that he has just forgiven you for. So he, as God in our life, he does both. He does both in our lives. Justification can only be like when, you, when, you, when you're asked to, how do you describe this? It, it's, it's a miracle. A justification is a divine miracle in where God can declare righteous the sinner who believes in Jesus. So, how does justification happen? Like, like how does this happen? Let's take a look at it. Let's look at Romans chapter 3, verse 23 to 25. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 and 25. Thank you, Jesus. It says, for all have sinned. Hey, we agreed, right? We all, we all said that we have sinned. All right. We are on the right track. And fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a uh, propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. So, how does justification happen in our lives? Okay, well, you said believe. Well, that's the main thing. The main thing that I'm going to continue to repeat throughout the, the, the rest of this morning is that justification happens when you believe in Jesus, when you receive him as your Savior, when you, when, when you accept him as the Son of God, right? But, but how does it work? Justification works by the grace of God. It's not something that you can work up. Sometimes, you know, we have people that uh, we, we, try to, we try to clear our name. We try to clear our name by all the good things that we try to do, right? All the things, all the places, all the, all the things that we say. So justification is only by the grace of God. It's not something that you can do through your own effort. You're not justified by coming here this morning and sitting in these seats. What? 
No, you're not. You're not. You're not justified just because you come to church. You're not justified because you show up here and there whenever we get together on a Bible study or a prayer. I mean, that doesn't bring justification. You're not justified um, when uh, you, you go out doing good deeds and you, and you feed the homeless and, 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 you, and you clothe people that need it. That doesn't bring justification. You're not justified when you open your checkbook and you want to give um, money to the church and say, okay, well, I should be good now. Because some people give for the wrong reasons. Some people give money to church thinking that if I just give, then God, I'm good. Leave me alone. I gave, you, I, gave you some, I gave you some money. You should leave me alone now. Let me do what I got to do. Some people think like that. I know people like that personally. None of that brings justification. However, all the things that we mentioned, you know, the, the good works, the deeds, the coming on Sunday, the going on Bible study, those are not means of justification. However, those are results of justification. Because you are justified and understand justification, guess what? You want to be here on Sunday. You want to get together with your brothers and sisters. Because you understand justification, you want to get together and pray and worship and, and, and reach the lost and, and, and feed the homeless and, and clothe the, the naked and, 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 and take in the orphans. Like You want to do that as a result of understanding justification in your life. You know why? Because you knew how bad of a person you are. And God forgave me. And he cleansed my record. I got no record. Expunge my record, right? Expunge my record. I, I, I'm, I'm, how can you not be grateful to a God that can do that? You know, the problem is some of us, some, some, some of us sometimes don't have such a hard life as others. And those that have hard lives, that have gone through some bad things, that have done some horrible things, when God, when justification and they understand it and they grasp it and they come to Christ and they're on fire, those that never had such a hard and bad life as them, they don't understand why. They don't understand why. They're just so excited. They don't understand why. They're just so passionate. They don't understand why. Well, guess what? If you got saved from what they got saved from, if you got forgiven from what they got forgiven from, you're going to be jumping up and down, running all over the place. You're going to be here like every like, yo, pastor, what? there's no church tonight? Nah. Ah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Justification is brought, is, is by the grace of God. Justification is through faith. Justification is always based on the death of Christ Jesus. There's no other way. There's no other way. It was through faith in his blood, right? Jesus died on the cross and he, and, and, and he shed his blood on that cross, he was then buried, and he rose from the dead. If you didn't know that, now you do. He died, and he rose from the dead. So that through the effects of the blood of Christ, it was through the effects of the blood of Christ that you could be justified today. 
So how can we not be grateful? How can we not just be willing to surrender our lives to him? How can we be so selfish? You know, I, I, I have selfish moments. How can I be so, and then sometimes I'm like, how can I be so selfish when, God, you've done all this for me? And guess what? It's easy for us to help someone when they're nice to you. It's easy to help someone when, when they love you. It's easy to help someone when you got something in it for you, right? It's easy to help someone when, when you know, when everything's really nice. But how easy is it to help someone that hates you? How easy is it to help someone that has cursed you, that has damned you, that has rebelled against you, that has disobeyed you? How easy is it to help someone like that? But that's you, and that's me. And yet he still did it for us, even though we lived in a way that reflected all that toward him at one point. This is what Jesus did for you and me. This, this, is, this is it. Like, yo, if you understand this, if you can get this, if you can grasp this, then you know what? This, 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 this will, it will set you straight for the rest of your walk. Because every time the storms come, every time the, 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 the building or the house begins to sway like this, you can remember about the blood of Christ on that cross and what it did for you. Now, pastor, we're justified. So, so God, he, 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 he takes us, he forgives us, you know, and, and, and he erases all wrongdoing. And then I can take my walk with God. But, um, but people in our lives, they don't see us the way God sees us. The people in our lives, sometimes they remind you about the things that you did. Sometimes they bring it back up. People are watching, and they, don't, they, you know, they, they see me, and I say I'm a Christian, but they can still remember the things that I've done. Let's take a look at several verses. Romans 5.1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace, with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Justified by faith. Romans 3, 28 says, Therefore, Paul likes therefore, he says it a lot. Therefore, <laughs> we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. So again, justified by faith. But let's take a look at James chapter 2, verse 14 to 17. It says, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus, also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. 
All right, Pastor, hold on a second, hold on a second. We're talking about justification is only through faith, and then James want to jump in there and says that we got to have deeds, like we got we to do good works. And you just said that it's not through good works that we have justification. This is a contradictory. This is, this is a contradiction in the Bible. Oh, no. The thing is this. There are some people that love to find things like this and then say it's a contradiction. Because they want to find ways to slander the word of God and slander our trust in the word of God. So let's talk about this. Because according to Romans, right, Paul is plainly saying that man is justified by faith. And then we look at James, and James is plainly saying that man is being justified by works. Is Paul right? Is James right? Well... Both men are right. Oh, man, Pastor, I was just trying to understand on justification, and now you just said this. The reason why both men are right is because the reality is that you are being judged by two persons. Hear me out. Hear me out. God judges us. And unfortunately, the reality, the truth, is that people every day in your life judge you too. They judge you too. We are justified in the sight of God only by faith in Jesus Christ. That's it. However, we are justified in the sight of man by works. This, this, I, know, I, know this is, I know this is kind of tough for some people. I know this is kind of tough for some people, but you got to understand this, and I'm going to tell you why in a second. You see, God, he sees our hearts. He sees your heart. God sees it, right? He can see your faith, right? When you accept Jesus as your Savior and you say, Lord, I want to be your child. I want to be your son. I want to be your daughter. He says, I see you. I hear you. You are my child, Right? However, Lenny's right now, he's, yeah, today's Lenny's day. I'm picking on Lenny's day. So, he's, so, so I'm telling this to God, and I say, oh, I'm a Christian now, Lenny. Lenny's like, okay. Well, Lenny can't see my heart. He can't see my faith. So what does Lenny see? He sees how I act. He sees my works. Listen to this. <laughs> People can only see the outside. People only see the outside. And so what happens is the only way people have of knowing that you are a Christian is by your works. Let's look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. We kind of like, we, some of us don't like to hear that. And I'm going to tell you, I, I'm, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. It says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Who, who, who said that? Who, who said this? Oh, okay. Is it in red? Anybody's Bible is it in red? Okay. So, so I got Jesus telling me, I got Jesus telling me right now that I should let my light shine, that I should live in a way that my light shines so that whenever people see me, right, 
Whenever people see me and the things that I'm doing and how I'm acting and how I'm living, that they see him and not me. This is, this is why we can't live our saying. Listen, some of y'all got this saying, and, and I, I, I'm like that every once in a while, right? I'm guilty of saying it every once in a while. I'm like, listen, <laughs> I don't care. I, I don't care what people think. I don't care what people think. Some people even take it further, further, right? And it says, you know what? I don't care what people think. Listen, I don't care what you think. I love the Lord. I don't care what you think. I serve God. I don't care what you think. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. I don't care what you think, right? Now, there's, there's, you, you say that, but you say that you, when, when you say I don't care is when the enemy's trying to put lies into your head and you tell him, listen, I don't care what you're trying to do because I know who I am, right? However, when it comes to others in our lives, guess what? You need to care. There are people who go and say, I don't care what you think. But God knows my heart. How many people hear that? God knows my heart. God knows my heart. Be like, man, but God knows my heart. God knows my heart. He needed it. He needed it. He was talking too much junk. I had to, I had to knock him out. But God knows my heart. God knows my heart because, you know, if it wouldn't have been, if it would not me, it would have been somebody else anyway. So, I, you know, I just had to do it. I just had to do it. But God knows my heart. God knows my heart. That's not a false thing. God does know your heart. <laughs> but if you're finding yourself saying that as a response to, as trying to justify your own actions, right, then I'd be, I would be worried about what God does know about your heart at that moment. By the way we live our lives, right, we should live our lives in such a way that they, it points to Christ. It points to Christ. And everyone in our world, when, they, when they're around us, they see Christ. And not only see it, but that it causes them to desire him. People have no other way of judging our sincerity uh, of our faith in Jesus other than observing our works. People are always watching you. You remember that? I always feel like somebody's watching me. Come on, come on. Y'all know, y'all know. Why y'all acting all, they acting all holy this morning, right? <laughs> We're set apart, pastor. We're not going to sing that song here. <laughs> Listen, they're always watching. Your family, always watching. Your friends, always watching. Your bosses, watching. Your employees, watching. You're supposed to be a Christian. Let me see how you live your life. Well, I shouldn't worry about what they think. Well, I don't know. Are they saved? Do you want them to be saved? Do you want them to perish? Do you want them to burn in eternity forever? Do you want that or not? So we look in the scriptures, and the scriptures has many different ways that we can uh, live our lives that will help justify our faith in the eyes of man. I'm only going to talk about three of them real quick. And the first one is people judge us by our language. Ooh. People judge us by our language. Pastor, I just, that's how I've always been. 
I mean, since I was three years old. That's how I've always been. James 3, 6, it says, And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Man, that's some harsh words about the tongue that you have right now inside your mouth. You ever heard someone who says, I'm a Christian? I'm a Christian. I love the Lord. And then they curse more than a drunken sailor. (laughs) Right, Beth? Right? At that exact moment, like, what goes to your mind? I mean, because a pop, I mean, something goes into your head. Like, you know, if, if I say, I love the Lord, he's my savior, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christ follower, and then my response and my action is to have a mouth filthy, filthy, then what is the first thought of anyone in your presence? Come on, say it. Somebody say it. Hypocrite or nah. They didn't really accept Christ. I mean, they don't know what they're doing. I mean, I mean that's, that's, that's what we think. We think that because we can't see the heart. We can't see their face. We only hear and see the outside. The outside. Tongue, it's not only about cursing, it's lying, gossiping. Is your tongue bringing like, I'm saying, listen, it said it could, <laughs> it could uh, set your whole life on fire. There have been people that have said things, and through the things that they have said, have damaged their entire life. It happens. There are people that have said things, and because of the things that have said, they have gotten killed for, and their life was over, Right? We honestly, if we're honest with each other, if we hear filth coming out of someone's mouth that has declared to be a follower of Christ, instantly you are filled with doubt about their faith. You are filled with doubt. I'm not saying that, we, we, we're, that we're supposed to go ahead and judge them and say they're not a believer. They're not. I'm not telling you that. I'm just saying that naturally and, and as a human, you will doubt that they have a relationship with the Lord. All right, the second thing is people judge us by our lifestyle, by our lifestyle. James chapter 4, verse 1 to 2, it says, What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want to do what you want. You, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it from them. People can't see your heart, but they see how you live. They see how you live. They, they can't see your heart, but they do see you arguing and fighting with others. They can't see your heart, but they do see you lusting after other men and women. All right, I'm a, I love the Lord. I'm a follower of the Lord. I'm, I'm a follower of Christ. You know, um, you know I, I, I turn my life over, and then, you know, 
you're, 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 desiring, you're desiring other men and women in your life, lusting after them. But, but in a way where others can see. You're at work, right? Somebody walks by, all the guys are like, woo! And you're like, woo! You're right in there, and they're like, wait, I thought she was, I thought she was different. Oh, I guess not. He's just one of us. He's not really different. He just goes to church. You know that you can be put in a category, you just go to church. You know that, right? I was in a you just go to church category for a while because the way my life reflected around my friends was not a reflection of someone who has a relationship with the Lord. So I just went to church. Oh, Vince goes to church. They don't see your heart, but they see you spreading gossip. They don't see your heart, but they do see you as the cause of misfortune for others. People judge us by how we treat others. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31, 32, says, Get rid of all bitterness Rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has given you. How can your faith in Christ be justified in the eyes of man if you're Constantly angry and bitter and this and that, you know, and, and just, you know, slandering others. If you can't forgive, you know, if, you know, they're like, you can't forgive this person, but don't you believe in a God that forgave you? Like, you can't forgive this person for stepping on your new sneaks? But yet, you've done so much worse and Christ forgave you? I mean, that's what you told me. I mean, I don't know. I'm not the one to go to church. You don't want to go to church. Because that, that's what people... Feel that's what they feel, that's what they're thinking. I mean, you're the one that told us that you go to church and that you believe these things, and then when things actually happen, we're seeing how you respond to them. You're saying that you're supposed to be, you know, that, that you guys are loving, that Christians are forgiving, that Christians, um, you know, are, are supposed to be kind to one another, and this and that. I mean, that, that it's a big family, that we're all in the same body. That's what we say, right. We sell others that, and then when the real-life circumstances hit your world, they're like this. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. What you going to do? What you going to do? It's sad that we live in a world like that, right? It's sad that, that, that the world is dying for you to fall. They're just anxious for you to, to, to fall short, anxious for you to make your God look bad because that's what we do. When we talk about an almighty, holy God, and then we act a fool. Because us parents, right, we know how it is. When you take your kids somewhere and they act up somewhere, they make you look bad. You know? She's she's usually not like this. She's usually not like this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) She usually behaves a little better than this, a little better than this. 
We know. But we make God look so bad when we act out. You've seen the power of God through forgiveness, but yet you can't forgive. Do you know that forgiving others, I know there's power in it for you and for the person who you're forgiving. There's something good that happens there, right? But it's more powerful for the spectator. It's powerful for the spectator that is sitting back watching. Yo, that guy just straight up disrespected Carlos. I'm going to see what happens now. I'm going to see how Carlos handled this. Because I know what he used to do. Let me see what he does now. And then when your response is one that's not quick to anger, because there are moments that you got to defend yourself, you got to defend yourself. I won't be the one to be like, get beat up. I'm not, I'm not the one to tell you that. But the word does tell us to not be quick to anger. If your response is not quick to anger and he sees like, oh, wait, you know what? He's trying to de-escalate the situation. He, he's, wow, wait, he forgave him after doing that? Man, that's a, that's a whole new man. You want people to say that's a whole new man. That's a whole new woman. You want people to talk when they talk about you? That's a whole new woman right there, Right? Taina has testified. People just still can't believe it. That's a whole new man. That's a whole new woman. That's what you want people to say about you. All right. All right. Justification in the eyes of God. I want to, I want to tell you a little story. I want to tell you a little story. And we're, we're wrapping it up. We're wrapping it up soon. Justification in the eyes of God, Right? There's a guy that buys, oh, he's in England, and he buys a, Roll, a Rolls Royce. He buys a Rolls Royce. He's been saving up. He's excited. He's happy. Um, and he buys his car. Now he's got this car, and he wants to flaunt it. So he's going to drive uh, across Europe. He's going to drive across Europe. He wants to travel the French countryside. He puts his car on the ferry of the, and crosses the English Channel, right? And uh, he's looking at the sights. He's driving, looking at the sights. People are admiring his car every time he stops. Oh, man, this is an awesome car. He's happy. He's going, he's driving. And all of a sudden, car breaks down. <laughs> I don't know. I would have been really mad. I just bought this Rolls Royce, and it broke down my first trip. The thing is, when you get cars like that, not everybody can touch a car like that. you got to have certified technicians that are trained specifically for cars like that. Unfortunately, there were none in the region that he was in. So he had to call the company that he bought the, the car from. He says, listen, I'm stuck out here. The car's not working. You know, uh, you guys, you know, help me out. So he, they said, okay, we're going to fly a technician over there. So they flew a technician over to where he was. He gets into the car, and he starts to work at it, and he fixes it, and he says, you're good to go, and he flies back. 
The guy gets back in his car and he's like, man, that bill's going to be crazy because I'm going to have to pay for the plane ticket. I'm going to have to pay for the parts. I'm going to have to pay for the labor. And they're going to add something in there, you know, just because, just because. So he was concerned about receiving that bill. But they didn't give him an invoice. And he was concerned, like, oh, man, they, they forgot to charge me. So he gets back to England. He goes home, and he sits down, and he writes a letter. Dear Rolls-Royce Company. That's, that's my, I made it up. The other uh, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I was in the French countryside, and uh, my car broke down. You sent a technician over to fix it. He did this, he did that, and he flew back. I never received an invoice for that. Can you please send me my bill? That's a good man. So half of y'all were like, I wasn't going to write nothing. (laughs) Half of y'all were like, hey, they send it, they send it. They don't, they don't. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> so a couple weeks later, he gets a letter back from the company. And it said, Dear sir, thank you so much for your letter. You need to know that we have no record in our files that any Rolls-Royce has ever broken down at any place, at any time, for any reason. Sincerely, so-and-so. That's justification. That's what justification is all about. You may fail, you may break down, you may end yourself up in a ditch somewhere. You call out to God, and he says, and he looks down at you, and you're no longer there, but not only are you no longer in that ditch, he says, that, that, that never happened. What are you talking about, you were in a ditch? Bro, you just got me out of a ditch. You don't, no, I don't, I don't just... You were never there. But you don't, I forgave you. I cleansed you. I declared you righteous. That never happened. My child, there has never been any record that you have been broken at all. It's just as if you had never sinned at all and the record is wiped clean. Justification is that miracle. You know, in Job chapter 25, Job, he asks God, he says, how can a man be made right with God? When he's going back and forth with God, he says, how can a man be made right with God. How can I do this? How can we be made right with you? And there's only one answer to that. You can be made right with God through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Because he paid it all for you already. He paid it all. (laughs) 
Can you guys stand for a moment? This is what happens. You make a commitment. You, you make a decision to say one day, and today you have this opportunity to make that decision. I'm a sinner. I've made mistakes. I'm guilty. I can't do it on my own anymore because I've tried. Lord, come into my heart. Cleanse me. Forgive me. And when we do that, he forgets your sin. He forgets it and he erases it. And at that point, we're justified in the sight of God when we put your faith in Jesus. So my question to you this morning is this. Real simple question. Have you been justified? Have you been justified through faith in Jesus Christ? It's a yes or no answer. If you have ever made it accept, accepted Christ as your Savior, then the answer is yes. If you haven't done that yet, then the answer is no. And at this moment, you're still guilty. But the good news is this. You can choose to say yes today and walk out of here with a not guilty verdict of your, in your life. Some of us are still trying to justify ourselves through all the things that we do. And yes, it's through deeds that we're justified in the sight of man. But guess what? That's secondary. That is secondary to being justified through your faith in Jesus Christ. We all are guilty. Guys, let me, let me, let us close with this one more illustration. Because I really want you to understand how powerful this is. You are all on death row right now. You have done some heinous crimes, all of you, a bunch of criminals in this room. You are all standing before the judge. You know what you've done. You know who you've hurt. You know that there is no excuse that can ever get you out of what you've done. And you stand there knowing that you deserve death, knowing that you deserve life in prison. There was this one guy that just represented himself not too long ago. I don't know why he thought he could do that. Well, the verdict that they gave him were three consecutive life sentences and two consecutive 30-year sentences. So it was like he had to die in prison, come back to life, die in prison again, come back to life, die in prison again, come back to life, and then serve 60 years. So, so you know what? Let's say we all deserve that. We know what we've done. And we put our head down 
waiting for the guilty verdict. And before the verdict is given, we, uh, we lean over to our lawyer and say, man, I'm sorry. I believe in you. I believe in you, Lord. I should have not done this. Forgive me of my sins. And, and, and we have this quiet conversation, knowing that it can't possibly change the verdict because we've done what we've done. And all of a sudden, the judge says, wait a minute. Uh, well, let's go on to the next case because I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see anything here. I don't, I don't see anything here for, for Chris. I don't see anything in here for Joseph. I don't, I don't see anything in here for Omar. I don't, I, don't, I don't see anything in here. And you're like, wait, what? No, but, but, I, but I know, I, I know I, I've done. It's been wiped clean. When we turn to Christ, when we ask for forgiveness and we accept him and receive him, our slate is wiped clean. And I'm going to tell you right now, we should be celebrating. We should be celebrating that we don't have to live out what we deserve. So I want to pray with you guys this morning. And I'm going to ask the prayer, the prayer team to, to come up, please. It's, again, real simple. You've either accepted Christ or you haven't. Some of you guys are like, well, I don't know how I feel about that. You know, uh, I accept Christ and I'm, I'm supposed to be this whole new different person. I was like, well, it doesn't work that way. Some, you know, some, hey, God, could, God has done it with some people. But some people, there's process that takes place, and that's okay. The main thing is a decision that you choose to make today. Do you want, do you want forgiveness for your sins? Do you want to give your life over and stop trying on your own strength? As I'm praying, if that's you, I want to open the altar because I, I, I invite you to join us, and we want to pray for you. We want to pray for you. When you come up for prayer, let them know that that's what it's for. And there are some of us here today that we need some work. We, 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 we've, we, we've made the decision. We've taken the step forward to accept Christ. But we're having a bit of issues when it comes to being justified in the eyes of man. We're having some hard time trying to live out what the scriptures have told us to live out. And so if that's you, we want to just pray with you and encourage you today as well. So the altar is open as we move forward in prayer. Father God, I just thank you, Lord, for your word today. Look at those that are standing here this morning. Look at those, Lord, that need prayer today. Lord, we ask right now that you just give them and encouragement that you give them boldness to take the step forward this morning. To take a step and say, you know what? I am done trying to do things on my own. I am done thinking that I can do it better. I am done 
chasing all the wrong things. And today, I just want to give my life to you. The altar is open. We want to pray with you. The Bible says that today is a day of salvation and today is your day. Don't take a chance and leave this opportunity, this moment right now that you have to make this commitment. There are some of you that are struggling on a day-to-day basis trying to live out what the scripture has, has, has uh, guided us to live. You're not alone. It's not easy. It's common for people to have struggles. It's common for people to fall short. It's common for us to to let God down. It's common. This is what makes justification all more the miracle. He justifies us. He forgives us. He makes us righteous, yet we're still a sinner. I want to pray with you this morning. We want to pray with you this morning. Father God, we ask right now that you work in their lives. Work in their lives, Lord Jesus. Lord, I ask right now that the seed that has been planted today, Lord, that you water it. And that in your time, Lord Jesus, that in your time, that you choose. Thank you for your word, Father. Thank you for the death of your son, the sacrifice, Lord, the blood that was shed on Calvary, Lord. Because of that blood, Lord, we, are, we can be justified. Because of that blood, Father God, and faith in that blood, we are justified in your eyes. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.